Hi everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our very first Stay at Home Symposium podcast, where we feature extended conversations with the composers, performers, and artists involved in our weekly premieres. I'm Audrey Verdaniga, the Artistic Director of Mosaics of the Bay, and today we'll be featuring violinist and composer Lauren Vandervelden, as well as painter Daryl Tai, in a conversation about the background and creative process behind this week's premiere, Improvisation on Blue. I wanted to start by asking both of you individually about your backgrounds. Like, Lauren, if you could talk about your background as a violinist and composer, how long you've been doing that. And Daryl, also, how long you've been painting. Okay. I think that would be interesting to hear. Well, I've been composing and playing the violin since I was three. Um, I also, I've played piano, too, in the past, but um, I haven't picked that up for several years now since I've focused more on violin and composition, but music was always something that I've loved since my parents had infinity for classical music. And so they often shared different pieces with me and I really wanted to play the violin. And I also just wanted to write music as well. I was a singer. I love the visual arts. I just love the arts in general. And so then I progressively got more serious and, um, I actually, I grew up in Idaho. Um, there was a violinist um, in the San Francisco Symphony and I really wanted to study with him. And so I actually moved to the Bay Area so that I could have more musical opportunities on my senior year of high school. And um, the year after I went to Juilliard and I'm a composer at Juilliard and I study violin. Yes, <laughs> that's where I am right now. And it's been just an amazing opportunity. Um, what I love is that I'm able to participate as both a violinist and composer. Actually, I recently had the wonderful opportunity of premiering my violin concerto with the Juilliard Orchestra. And it's just, it's such a wonderful wow. environment. And I'm so grateful to be part of a musical like that. Wow, that's amazing. It sounds like you've had a really incredible musical journey so far, and it's just the beginning. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, there's always a struggle of being a musician. There's There are lots of ups and downs to having a career as a violinist and a composer, but it's it's been worth every moment of it. So I'm I'm glad that I've stuck with it. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so, Daryl, what about you? How did you get into painting? Well, um... I uh, went to college as an undergraduate. I have a degree in English literature and um, didn't have much of any of any kind of direction, had been looking at paintings and art and going to museums for a while. Um, so I was kind of lost about what to do with my life and myself. I left uh, a marriage when we lived in Chicago and I came to Berkeley. And then I would say about seven years after uh, my uh, undergraduate degree, I returned to where I had an undergraduate degree to Claremont Graduate School in Southern California in Claremont. And before mm -hmm. I went there, I studied on my own and I went to all kinds of museums, went to galleries, read things, read um, books about art, 
and studied paintings and studied people that I really loved, like uh, Mark Rothko is one of them. And um, then I decided that I needed more, um, more training. I needed to go into an environment that had artists. So I applied to Claremont without having a degree in art. And um, I was so lucky that they accepted me and I was terrified. <laughs> and I really was, you know, I just, you know, I, yeah. I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't know whether I would be accepted or how naive my paintings were. And I had the luck of having a wonderful teacher as a mentor who was a sound sculptor. So sound was a very big issue for him. And um, I was a painter and we meshed and he would come to my studio every week and I would show him what I was doing or what I had done. And being around the other artists in that community was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I really gained a lot. I, um, it, I just grew and grew and I got more and more confident. Um, and so I left when I graduated, I really didn't want to graduate. I told my mentor that I said, can't you just flunk me and let me stay for another year? And he said, no, <laughs> can't really do that. So I was on my own. I came back to the Bay Area and started painting. And it was up and down. I understand, Lauren, what you're saying about music and mm -hmm. composition as a composer being up and down. Um, my career has been very up and down. But I just uh, persisted and I just knew that what I wanted to do with my life was to paint and to create works of art. And my mm. influences have been, uh, I was uh, born and grew up in Hawaii. My mother is half Hawaiian. And so I had the um, opportunity to be very enmeshed in the Hawaiian culture and um, all of the nature of growing up there was so significant to my to what I'm doing with colors now. And the blue um, painting that I did was really um, a, a, me saying, uh, thank you, Hawaii. Thank you, Owen. Mm. Thank you, Sky. And a lot of my, my culture color sequences are really coming from that trap tropical environment that I was in. Um, yeah, so that's the beginning of my story. And, um, and the art school was definitely a plus for me in many ways. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And I guess this is a perfect segue to transition to blue. <laughs> so if you could speak a little bit about your inspirations, I know we've, we're including in the video a little bit of background on it, but if you could expound on it, that would, I think that would be much, much appreciated. Uh, yes. Um, what happened in um, me uh, doing a uh, transition in blue is, uh, I think I wrote this to you, Audrey, that um, I had been um, 
working on yellow for a while, but the color yellow, I wanted to really explore it and um, did uh, six paintings came out of that. And then after that, I thought, oh, I'll try orange. So I did mm -hmm. orange. So I explored orange as much as I can and the vibrancy and the, the wonderfulness of orange in relation to the other colors I put in the paintings uh, were wonderful. And I did six pieces of that, six paintings um, exploring orange. And then a friend came over one day to my studio and just dropped a comment like, blue is my favorite color. And I said, oh. So I looked around and I looked in my studio. I looked at things that I had on the board and on the walls and I didn't see any blue. So I said, okay, blue is next. And I just uh, loved it. I started with uh, gestures of cobalt blue, uh, ultramarine blue. I added teal. There's a little bit of gold at the top of the painting. And I just did layer after layer, gesture after gesture. And then I would use my brush. And it's it's hard to explain my process, um, but I, I was working at making the layers be very, very dense so that the painting had a lot of depth to it. And I was very pleased with it at the end. It took me a while, like a couple of weeks to do the painting. And um, I felt again, like I was in tune with the ocean, with the sky and with growing up in a tropical setting. Mm -hmm. And I, I found your painting absolutely beautiful. And I was really struck by like the movement yes. in the painting. And I'm wondering if music is a part of your, your process yes. as a painter. Yes. Um, when I paint, I listen to music and mm. um, uh, the movement of the painting is really done by the gestures that I lay down and layer over and over again. So there's, I have, when I'm doing a gesture, I'm actually taking some paint and throwing it on the paper. And then oh, I, I continue to work on it and create a composition that the gestures have done. And uh, I listen to all kinds of music. And when I'm painting, I feel like I, um, I'm touching my soul or not just my soul, but the soul of everyone in general of the universe. And I listen to Beethoven. Uh, I listen, I've listened a lot to Mahler and Bach. And I have also been introduced to many uh, musicians uh, in Africa and have listened to their music and love their music and then uh, was turned on to some music from Brazil and I listened to that and then of course you know rock and roll <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know soul music um, music is is really a very strong influence on me it's really interesting to hear that because I feel like we're we're turning that on its head with this project uh -huh. so um, I guess this brings us to, mm -hmm. to Lauren. And, um, you know, we've been receiving a lot of 
beautiful submissions from the community. And what was it specifically about Transition to Blue that inspired you to write this piece? Well, um, I think a lot of the things that you're describing, actually, they're all in this painting, um, they articulate some of the reasons that I was drawn to this piece of artwork in particular. I mean, number one, looking at it, I noticed that there's such depth. You can see all of these beautiful layers. And I think it almost has this three-dimensional effect. It, it does yes. look like you're looking at this ebb and flow of water. And so I yeah. felt that there was so much involved, not just in the color palette, but I also could sense this deeply emotive quality to it. And I also, um, but that the painting itself, um, it was it was very calm. It was very serene. But and I'm not sure if this was your intent. But I also thought that there was something a little melancholic about it. I don't know if maybe it's this bittersweet element. Maybe leaving Hawaii and <laughs> you're no longer there. But um, I definitely can see the connection to nature in this painting and some of your other paintings as well. Um, but. I was also really intrigued since I read um, in the comments that you put that you do like to listen to a lot of music when you write Beethoven and Mahler. I mean, Mahler is one of my very, very favorite composers. Really? Yes, I, I love Mahler. <laughs> Mahler 6 is one of my favorite pieces. Um, and That's great because, you know, I started to listen to him several years, uh -huh. many years ago. And there was a period of time when all I did was listen to yeah. Mahler. No, I branched out a little. Yes, <laughs> yes. No, I, I feel the same way. <laughs> it's very it's very easy to do that with someone yeah. like Mahler. But um, no, and so I was really intrigued from that aspect. Um, and then the other thing too is I actually, I have synesthesia, which means that I associate um, color or shapes with music and so when I'm listening to music I perceive color and oh. um so actually I in the past I've worked with visual arts myself and I often oh. I'll sometimes maybe draw or paint something that replicates um a piece that I'm working on, um, of course, not at the, not the artistic skill that you have, but um, <laughs> but no. And one of the things that intrigued me about this project in general is that I was so excited to um, do really what you're doing in reverse. Just look at this painting and see, okay, how can I replicate those shapes and um, the colors? Not only the literal colors, but also the expression that comes with them in a musical sense. Yes. Hmm. Yes, thank you. Um, and your your music, your composition your, was just so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're right. There are there's a lot of movement, mm -hmm. and um, there is and my connection to music also as a visual artist is very very dear to mm -hmm. me. Yeah, and I think that comes through very clearly with both of the pieces that are part of this collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess one more question I had for you, Lauren, was like, your your collaboration is unique because you're not only composing, but you're mm -hmm. also performing your own piece. So can you talk a little bit about what that's like to embody your own composition? Yeah, well, I must say that it's actually, it's a lot more difficult than you think having to play your own composition since it's mm -hmm. very easy to say, okay, well, I've written the piece. I know how it goes. I can just play it and it will be fine. But it takes a lot of um, 
extra drive to have to disconnect yourself from the piece in order to approach it as you would any other piece in the repertoire, because it's hard to separate um, yourself from the actual process of composing it in order to analyze what you need to do as a performer to really present the piece in its best light. And so I think that has been a difficult process as a composer and a violinist, because I often will perform other pieces in the repertoire and um, compose on my own. But then lately I've been doing a lot more. Where I've been playing my own music. And um, I think, especially with the um, latest concerto project that I had, it was, it was very difficult since it's a piece of such magnitude and to have to separate myself from it so that I can really approach it from the right angle was something um, that was quite challenging. Mm. Um, but I mean, for this project too, I actually, the way that I compose this piece, normally I plan what I'm doing over uh, maybe several months at a time. And I have this vision of how I want the piece to go. And then I'll plan it, I'll do pre-compositional planning. And I think I've organized it in a much more meticulous way. But for this project, um, partly because also the piece, um, the painting in itself, I think that it has this sort of freedom to it. I didn't want to um, decide so strictly from the start of this how I would write the piece. And so a lot of it was based off of initial improvisation that eventually formed into a piece. And so I think it was a different approach than for playing this piece as well, because I'm not looking at notes that are already formed. I, I mean, I actually, I haven't even notated this piece yet. I've planned out all of the notes and it's there, but it's wow. really, this project was unique since it was just based off of me looking at this painting, improvising a little bit and then piecing together what I liked out of that process. Oh, thank you for sharing that because my impression of the piece was this like incredible lilting quality, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. a lot of gesture. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, because when you sent your introduction, you were talking a little bit about the improvisatory qualities. And I, I felt mm -hmm. that it was like this, this unbelievable sense of motion and, mm -hmm. and like the peaks of the waves and the ebbs and the flows. Mm -hmm. So that came through really beautifully. Oh, <laughs> great. Well, I'm glad that it translated. Um, I just wanted to say that, um, I just add a, a thing about my painting process that uh, mm. my painting, the way I approach it is like um, a spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. And um, when I begin to paint, it is as though I, the painter, have the pigments, the watercolor, I have the paper, and I use water, and um, I respect the paper, I respect the pigment, and I just let myself have energy come through me and I'm not thinking at all. I am just going through this spiritual experience of, of creating a piece. And I, I don't think, but you know, I do think after a while. <laughs> I have a painting right now that I'm having a really hard time finishing because it's so dynamic and so beautiful and I don't want to ruin it. So mm -hmm. I do have to think mm -hmm. about that. But in general, I stop thinking when I paint. Mm -hmm. So that that was what I wanted to add. Uh -huh. 
Lauren, do you resonate with that at all as a composer and performer? Yeah, I absolutely. I think that there's um, this spiritual quality to music and art. And I mean, but I was thinking also from your conversation before, I think this is another way that the two mediums connect. Um, well, I think that in addition to this transcendence, I think that all composers and all artists that the... Um, that there seems to be a common goal, at least this is the way that I approach music and that I approach art is that um, I think that music has, music and art has the power to communicate truths about the human condition. And not only does it do that, but I think that it has the power to do so in a very transcendent way. Um, I've actually, I've been, lately I've been listening to a lot of Wagner and I find those themes to be very true in his music. And um, I mean, in Mahler too, it's, it's very transcendent. And so not only I think is it expressing the truths about being human and the truths about this reality, I think that it um, is trying to attain something greater. It's trying to transcend from this existence. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a religious person, but I find music and art to be incredibly spiritual in that sense. And that is something that, um, yes, that's something that I've um, found a lot, especially in the ring cycle has been my <laughs> latest project during quarantine. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely in a lot of Mahler symphonies too. That's one of the reasons that I absolutely love Mahler. And so I think I can understand the connection if he's um, a composer that you love too. <laughs> I feel like I'm a vessel. Mm -hmm. When I start to paint, I'm, you know, I, I am a vessel and uh, the universe comes through me mm -hmm. and I make, um, a contract with the paper, the water, and the pigment, mm -hmm. and all of us work together. Yeah, I mean, what I love about that is that it's a very selfless way of thinking about art, <laughs> and mm -hmm. I think that the greatest art really should be without ego. It's not so much about the person mm -hmm. who's creating it; it's about the process and communicating with other people. Yes. Um, is there anything else you want to add? before we wrap up? I think I'm done. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I just wanted to thank you both so much for participating in this project. Like just seeing what you guys have, what you both have created um, artistically and also just through this conversation is really inspiring. And I think that people re will really find this inspiring and appreciate it. Well, thank really you so much for this opportunity. And thank you, Daryl, for the beautiful painting. I've just, I've enjoyed working with this process so much. So thank you, Lauren, for your wonderful <laughs> composition. <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's extended conversation with Lauren Vandervelden and Daryl Tai. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel or our mailing list at www.musaics.org to stay tuned for future stay-at-home symposium video releases. Thanks again and see you next week.